0: Hey, Chad, how's it going?
1: Good. How are you doing?
0: Good. Good. Well, I know a little bit about you. I got to meet you through and through networking and wanted to uh, chat with you a little bit more. I'm super intrigued by what you're doing and the services that you offer. and I would love to have you tell our listeners a little bit about you.
1: Sounds good. Let's do it.
0: All right. So tell me a little bit first about who Chad is, and what made you become an entrepreneur? <laughs>
1: um, <laughs> so I, I don't know. I, I think myself more of like a serial entrepreneur just because I've had so many different opportunities to work in different companies and do different things. And I always found myself becoming very uh, a quick study, if you will, um, becoming very, very good at whatever I put my mind to or whatever I decided to try and do. Um, because I was very analytical, almost overly analytical. And I would be able to dissect each component of the job and find the efficiencies and find the improvements that I could make and just kind of process map everything I did. Um, And after doing lots of different types of jobs and starting lots of different types of businesses, it took me almost 20 years before I finally found the one that I really liked. And Ironically enough, it was just my business. Now is I love to help startup businesses. I love yeah. to help those guys that are, you know, self-employed, solopreneur kind of guys that are struggling because they've they're in the same boat I was, you know, years ago where they're trying to figure it out, they're trying to make it work, but maybe they don't have the analytical mind like I do, um, oh, okay. and I can't see the forest for the trees. Um, so I love to be mm-hmm. able to step in, take a bird's eye view. And then just kind of help them process, map out um, what we need to automate, what we need to integrate, what do we need to delegate, or what do we need to eliminate completely. Um, and then just right. help them get started. So, yeah. As far as what about Chadwick uh, Taylor and what I do and more about me, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's uh, I'm kind of a nerdy, geeky, uh, introverted, but yet social and outgoing. Uh, kind of guy. Um, mm-hmm. I, uh, I'm a musician. Um, I grew up playing in the orchestra. I played the string bass, the violin, uh, taught myself how to play the piano my sophomore year in high school, uh, which is a little funny story, I guess. Uh, I, I played the bass in the jazz band, and after every concert and after every, you know, everything we did, every performance, all the girls would rush over to the piano guy. And they would always want to, oh, come play me a song, Piano Man. You know, and they, hey, play me a little twinkle. Can you play this song? Can you play that song? And they'd always want to, you know, listen to him play. And I'm thinking to myself, i got to learn how to play the piano so I can get some of these girls to be interested in me, right? So I spent years, two years, an hour a day, two hours a day, teaching myself how to play piano. Senior year in high school, I'm playing the piano, the jazz band thing. We're doing the concert. And after the concert, all the girls rush over to the guitar player. And I'm like, wait, wait a minute! I I just worked really hard to learn how to play piano here, and they swarmed him. So apparently, I was the common denominator, not the instrument itself. So who knew? But uh, that's a little bit about <laughs> a little bit about me.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. So you know, you said you're a serial entrepreneur, but kind of what started that initial journey for you? Like, when did you get that bug?
1: You know, what's funny is I'd probably always had it. I just never knew it until later in life Um, when I was about 26, 27. Earlier, you know, I started working at Burger King at 15 years old and, uh, you know, I was a lousy employee because I was always finding out what was wrong with the job and trying to fix it. I was that fixer guy um yeah. always trying to improve the the processes and the efficiencies and always just trying to make sure everything was easier not harder like I was always the work smarter not harder kind of guy um so I, I you know I went from Burger King and then I went on to construction and concrete and I did a bunch of jobs in high school um and I worked just a lot of different things but I I was always not that I didn't want to work it was just that I didn't want to work harder harder than I needed to if that makes sense so I I was a very lousy employee. I had a lot of medical issues. Um, I was always calling in sick to work and and stuff too. So, um, anyway, long story short, I just decided one day that uh, it was going to be easier to work for myself and I could control my own time and my own schedule and my own revenue. And, um, you know, I got into sales when I was uh, 18, 19 years old Um, and then uh, went on a mission and. Uh, in in alabama of all places so i i sold religion in the buckle of the bible belt if you know what i mean so it uh, <laughs> really taught me how to how to be um, how to connect with people on a on a, an emotional level um, and it really helped to raise my emotional intelligence to where i could understand people and and connect internally with them if that makes sense um, and through that experience and through sales and uh... teaching more teaching myself more that being a salesman does not mean you sell stuff. Being a salesman means you're an educator and you empower people to make good decisions on what they need to buy. Um, And for me, connecting with people on, on that sort of a level, personal emotional level and helping them see the light as far as here's your options. Here's what they want to buy, et cetera. That's what really drove me to be this. I can do this. I can help people um, and be my own boss and just, looked for opportunities to sell stuff and that's that was the the first I guess bug that I caught with the entrepreneurism was started off as a sales guy um, started selling real estate started flipping houses we started selling just about anything you can imagine Um, years ago uh, you know we were flipping houses in 2008 hit and um, lost that opportunity very quickly and thought, you know, I yeah. should probably learn a little bit more uh, about finance and about business and about all these things. So I went back to school in uh, 2008 and 9, and uh, went in to learn about finance. and And then after I was done, I started a small little financial planning uh, practice here, actually in Kuna, and uh, we opened up a little office out there in Kuna. And after a couple of years, it went really well, to the point where we needed to hire and train and grow. And I quickly ran into that next wall of, hey, I'm big enough that I need help, but I can't afford the help. I can't afford to just outsource all of these things, and I'm tired of wearing all the hats. So that's when we started the service center. It was more out of necessity for what I needed in my business, not realizing that every other small entrepreneur out there was in the same boat. And, man, we just uh, found a little niche, a little niche market, and it just exploded. So here we are today
0: absolutely I think that's definitely what intrigued me when I when I had the opportunity to kind of hear your 60 second um, you know push is you know this is a service that literally almost every single entrepreneur in, in that in that I'm I've now I've created something it's getting bigger I can't do it all on my own but I really really want to you know to continue to move to the next level to be able to scale uh, how can I do that without having a full-time employee and all of the costs that are associated with that.
1: Right. And liability and all the other stuff.
0: Yes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So tell me a little bit more about what all your service center offers.
1: Okay. We, um, I guess to give you more backstory, because it kind of helps explain what we do when you understand the why we sure. do what we do first. So we started off <clears throat> Again, small little financial firm needed help. Not necessarily answering phones all the time, but I needed help with a lot of the back office kind of things, filing, data entry, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. Um, I went to lunch with a friend of mine who owned a business here in Boise, and uh, he had the exact opposite problem. He had very little paperwork to do, but he had a million phone calls a day coming in. In fact, we went we went to lunch and we sat there for an hour and a half and I don't think we said five words between each other because he was always on the phone. Oh, I got to take this. Oh, I got to take this. Just call after call after call. And I just looked at him and I said, "Dude, I'm not buying you lunch ever again because this is ridiculous. I'm I'm eating by myself here and it's costing me double." So I I just kind of almost jokingly said, "Why don't you just forward your calls to my office because I've got these gals sitting here that are staring out the window 80% of the day anyway." Uh, why don't you just forward calls to them and we'll train them and then we'll just split the cost of the you know the ploy kind of thing Um, again half jokingly but at the same time I was just more mad that he wasn't paying me attention (laughs) during our (laughs) lunch meeting so he actually took me up he said that'd be a great idea if we could make it work and I'm like well I don't see why we couldn't I mean I don't I don't know that it exists and at the time I had no idea that anything like this ever existed but um, so he did, we started having him forward calls. We split the cost, not right down the middle, but I, you know, I charged him a little bit and it worked so well for him. A couple other guys heard about it and wanted to get on board. And then one morning after, you know, weeks or so doing this, I, I woke up at like that three o'clock in the morning. Epiphany kind of hit me in the, had a dream kind of a thing. Um, and then I woke up and I was like, wait a minute, if this works really well for five of us, why wouldn't this work for 50 of us? And then it was like, well, if we could scale to 50, why couldn't we scale to 500 or 5,000 people? Or, I mean, when does it stop, right?
0: Absolutely.
1: Yeah, that tiny little office in CUNA, we we hired a couple of gals, we tried it out, and it worked so well that we outgrew that office within a matter of months and uh, had to go 100% work from home, all remote. And that was just when we were answering phones 9 to 5 Monday through Friday. Yeah. Yeah. as we were growing, I would always ask two questions. One was, "What do we need next as a small business? What does our need look like?" And I'd always, you know, you answer bookkeeping. Okay, I, I, I can't, I can't do the bookkeeping anymore. I need somebody to do bookkeeping. I can't do the payroll anymore. I got somebody to do payroll, right? So, what do we need next as a small business as we grow? And then I'd always follow that up with, "How can we offer that as a service to our clients?" And then become that full service support staff uh, because. If we're already doing phones and then we're already doing all of these other little things, we're, we're basically there for them and they trust us, they like us. Not that much of a stretch to think we could learn how to do these other things and offer that to them as well for that fractional rate that we were charging them for everything else too. So we just started adding, slowly but surely, we started adding little divisions for accounting, bookkeeping, uh, web design, graphic design, some, some basic help desk kind of uh, IT help, right? Right. And um, you know, tax filing, you name it, just anything a small business needs, uh, from here's how we could uh, screen some applicants for doing interviews, or all the way to hey, we'll be like a fractional CFO kind of thing. Um, and then we, we grew and grew and grew on our hours. So now we're 6 AM till 10 PM Monday through Saturday. Uh, one of the things that I wanted at the very beginning I wanted to make sure that we did was that we didn't want to have to be open on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, But then we do have a lot of clients that are like HVAC companies or plumbers who need those emergency calls, disaster cleanup companies, and those kind of folks. So we do have an on-call option for them. But the idea was um, just from that little lunch meeting that I was irritated because he wasn't paying me any attention And my own need for our business, it kind of spawned into a world of virtual receptionists and virtual assistants that can do just about anything for a business other than sit in their office for them and greet people as they come in. We are working on that, however, with our little um, video virtual receptionist uh, technology that we're coming out with. So one of these days you'll walk into a a chiropractic office or a doctor's office or somebody, attorney, for example, and there'll be like a TV or an iPad or something on the screen you push a button and our virtual receptionist will actually appear on a video call and, and greet people as they come in the door but that's down Fantastic. the road kind of way yeah so that's uh that's kind of what, what we do what we offer um, we put the human touch back into customer service no automated systems no uh you know push one for this or that you know we can but we typically just like have it go straight through to a representative and have somebody there to answer the phone every time. Uh, the name of the game today with small business, especially the guys that are you know wearing all the hats um, and mm-hmm. never answering their phone and their voicemail is always full. You guys know who you are. Uh, <laughs> but for those kind of guys, if if whoever answers the phone first wins the wins the sale, right? Whoever whoever picks up the phone is going to win, and then they'll check all the references and do all that stuff later on. But they, they first off, they just want to make sure you can be there and take care of. It. So we that's what we do. We we pick up the phone, we capture every lead, we serve every customer. We give that small self-employed uh, small business the fighting chance to compete with the big guys now because now they can offer the same level of customer service that Verizon and, and those big the big boys can. Um anyway, that's just a little bit about who we are and what we do and how we yeah. do it.
0: That's incredible. It's so funny because as you're talking, I was referencing back in my in my mind to a um, an interview between uh, Tom Billu was interviewing um, the uh, one of the co-founders of ClickFunnels uh, mm-hmm. this morning, and he was talking about the same thing. He's like, I didn't create ClickFunnels to sell to a whole bunch of people. I found a problem mm-hmm. and tried to figure out what the best solution was for that. And then created a pro- product to solve the problem, um, yep. which is exactly what you did. It was completely backwards engineered, which I think is ingenious.
1: Right. A little selfish maybe at first, but uh, <laughs> once I realized everybody else needed it too, I'm like, okay, fine. We'll we'll give it to everybody.
0: Right. But, we'll uh, share. We'll share. Yeah, we'll share. <laughs> Why not? Why not? I love it. <laughs> I love it. Um so what, um, outside of work, I always like to find out what people have as their passion project. Is there something outside of your day-to-day work that keeps your attention?
1: You know, I, I work about 16 hours a day, six days a week. Um, so there's not a lot of free time <laughs> To just do anything else on the side, but I do have a lot of passions uh, that that I'd love to get into one day here soon. I I love music, and I love music is a huge part of my life. I love teaching music. Um, it's very hard, like my kids, for example, who don't listen to me about anything else. It's very hard <laughs> to teach them how to play music. So I'd I'd really love to um, teach people how to play by ear because that's how I play. Uh, I I can read music sort of I can't sight read music you know what I mean um, but I would love to help people understand music theory and how music's created and how to pre- uh, how to play just about any instrument they pick up just because they can kind of tinker with it and pick it apart and, and play it um, I'm also pretty big on the outdoors I love scouting programs uh, and and camping and hunting and fishing and just about anything you can do out, outside so um, service projects for like trails and clearing paths and doing all the hiking and Things like that, um, big passion for me. Um, and another project I love to d- work with some, uh, special needs children. Um, so I'm, I tend to volunteer a lot for uh, different programs here in town, and I've worked a lot with special needs families uh, for the financial planning side as well as um, just helping them out because um, you know, I have, I have some family and friends who are uh, special needs, and I, I, I love seeing uh, the amount of effort that they have to put in uh, like their parents and everybody who takes care of them uh, is just unreal and um, the the stress load that it adds to their family so if anything i can do to help um, with special needs families to, to help ease their burden i'm all for it too um, Yeah, Absolutely. Would, so, yeah, So i have a lot of passions but uh, those are my i guess my top three yeah
0: yeah i mean i think you know just like uh most entrepreneurs once once you kind of have that bug they're a lot of things get incorporated into that it doesn't just surround work it surrounds you know how how you do things basically in your life how you do things with your family versus how you work versus how your your passion projects work i think all of that comes from that same desire um that's deep down so that's awesome Absolutely. To stay on track, obviously, you said you're working like 15, 16 hours a day. What are some of the habits that you have that keep you on track and focused?
1: Um, it's a very good question. So my uh, one of the things I'd like to reference there was the Seven Habits for Highly Effective People, uh, Stephen mm-hmm. R. Covey. It's a great book. Um, I don't follow very many of those. Uh, I try. I try. I really do. But I I tend to get distracted very easily. Um, and, uh, self-diagnosed ADD, if you will, just because I could never remember to go down and get diagnosed, uh, for, you know, I'd always miss the appointments, but, um, I, I, I follow the same kind of principles though, as that, um, uh, millionaire next door, seven habits of highly affected people. Um, typically on a, on a day for me, I'll wake up very early in the morning around five or six o'clock, um, and do some meditation do some uh, listening to some some music, whether I play it or not, just uh, listening to some music and just kind of set the, set the mood. Uh, one thing in particular that I do um, that people are often surprised at is I have an Affirmations CD that I listen to every day of my own voice that just reminds me that I'm pretty darn cool and that I can do it, you know, and I, uh, I remind myself that I can and deserve to be loved. Um, and, I think we are our own worst enemies. Most of the time, the negative thoughts that we have in our heads come from ourselves—self-doubt uh, of and self-deprecation, uh, um, self—you uh, know, self-destruction. Uh, those kind of things. So, for me, uh, just having a, a quick little two-minute uh, affirmation of, you know, you are always more than enough, and everything you do brings prosperity to others and everything they do brings prosperity to you and and just little statements like that where I remind myself that I am important I am enough I'm always more than enough um, that helps a lot to, to really set the mood and I and I think uh, it reminds me of one of those talks uh, you know, the commencement addresses that one of the guys gave at the college who was uh, some military man and he said you gotta make your bed every morning and if you make your bed every morning then when you get home at night even if you've had a really bad day your bed is made, and it, and it helps to instill that positive mental uh, awareness of, of you know what you can be optimistic, you know you can be positive. Um, so I I try to start the day off right. My morning routine is essential. If I miss my morning routine, the rest of the day goes to garbage. Um, so I've that's that's probably the first and foremost most important habit uh, that I instill every day. Um, I'm not much of a reader. Per se, and I, I do love audiobooks books. Um, I'm the kind of guy that would read three or four pages and then realize that I had just read three or four pages and not remembered a single word that I had just read. <laughs> but I can drive for an hour and listen to an audiobook, and because I have the distraction in front of me of the road, now I realize that that may sound dangerous if the road is the distraction. But if I'm focused and concentrated on driving, and I can hear the audio. I, I tend to, uh, c- you know, capture a lot more of the book and and the concept. So I I love listening to audiobooks, especially the ones where they're narrated by the author themselves.
0: Mm. Um, and some yeah. of those,
1: you know, because they always add those little things that they don't put in the book. You know, they're they're, mm-hmm. they're little personal touches that they throw in there. Um, yeah. So I I love listening to audiobooks and playing music. Um, I try to. Um, Take my wife on a date every, you know, every Friday night. But although the last couple of weeks have been a little tricky for that, so we uh, tend to do more of a date in house. But uh, anyway, um, a lot of a lot of bad habits. I could tell you about those. <laughs> They're Not very helpful. Um,
0: <laughs> yes, we all have a few of those. I'm positive. <laughs> yeah. you
1: know, yeah. I, I have a very addictive personality. I think uh, I, when I find something that I that I find a, even a hint of passion at. I tend to just cling on to it really, really hard. Like work, for example, if I find something at work that I love, it's good luck getting me away from it. So, I tend to stay away from uh, like alcohol. I don't. I've never had a sip of alcohol in my life, uh, just wow. because I think I would probably immediately become addicted and you'd never see me again. You know, <laughs> um, I just I know that about myself, so I, I try to stay away from it. Uh, same with tobacco. Um, there's just a lot of things that I'm like, you know. Um, I don't want to just, I don't want to lose control of my faculties ever. Uh, I, people tell me that all the time that I'd be a really fun guy if I was drunk at a party and then they're like, you wouldn't remember it the next day. And I'd be like, then why would I want to do that? Right. Um, I could get in myself a lot of trouble if I did things that <laughs> I already get in a lot of trouble. So I don't need any help with that.
0: You're like, please don't help. Thank you.
1: <laughs> yeah, No, thanks. <laughs> um i was the number two child growing up i don't know if i'm sharing too much now but uh so i i uh (laughs) developed a lot of bad habits early on in life um and you know typically the number two child is the reason that the rules are created (laughs) the oldest child is the one who creates the rules because they're the ones that tattle and mom and dad you know they have to come in and enforce them uh, but I was the number two child. I was the reason that the rules were created. And then my younger sisters, uh, the rules didn't apply to them because they were the younger sisters. So I was the one that had to get disciplined all the time. And um, I was a little dumb at first when I was a kid. Uh, I used to write my own name on the walls and everywhere in the house <laughs> until I learned that if I wanted to get my brother in trouble, I could write his name on the wall. The problem was is I didn't know how to spell his name. And uh, oh. So that gave it away, uh, but I was always that mischievous kid uh, when I was, in fact, just to prove the story, or prove the the, the idea here, when I was six years old, um, oh gosh, I may have been five, five or six years old, I went to the doctor with my mom, and the doctor was trying to include me in conversation, and he very politely asked, uh, what's your name, young man? Uh, of course he probably knew who I was and and all that but he was just trying to be nice and engage me in conversation so he asked me what's your name young man and I just simply looked at him and I said Chad don't because I thought that that's what my name was when I was five years old and uh, it explains a lot because when people would call me by my name that I thought was my name and then they would tell me to do something I would go and do it so they'd say Chad don't go do this thing right I say Chad don't touch the stove okay and I was just thinking that my name was Chad don't and they're telling me to do something so whatever they told me not to do I would do it every time that's why if my mom's <laughs> listening I'm innocent
0: that's exactly I'm why <laughs> I love it yeah. I love it we all have those we all have those little stories mm-hmm. I, I was a
1: lot more
0: I was number eight out of nine
1: Ooh, so wow. uh, yeah I um
0: there I, I'm not really sure what happened to all the ones ahead of me, but um, there was a 12-year span between me and the next youngest child. So I think they had learned some things with the first seven, uh, and then and then I came along, and then my little sister was two and a half years after me, um, and I was definitely... Um, in charge of both activities punishments all the things <laughs> yep. all the things rested right on me yeah. if she did something it was because i must have taught her to of so. Course. <laughs> so i totally of get course. that totally get that it's- um you talked a little bit about um about date night with your wife um so that's obviously something that is a non-negotiable for you what else in last life- that personal or business is absolutely non-negotiable.
1: Ooh, it's a good question. Um we have family night once a week and it's usually on a Sunday or a Monday night. So I have three boys uh, that are 16, 11 and 8 years old. And um yeah, so we try to spend at least one night a week where we're just playing games and getting off the screens so that we can actually spend time playing cards or something um productive. And uh, that's non-negotiable. Um, that's, that's my way of, you know, I, I may only give four or five hours of free time to myself each week, yeah. um, but I'm willing to give it up to make sure that my kids 10 years from now, 15 years from now, when they start raising their own families, um, they have those basic principles instilled in them. So we, we spend a lot of time as a family learning things like, I mean, I, I, this is going back to the over-analytical part of my, my brain. We do a lot of uh, drills in our house. I'm not. I would say I'm a doomsday prepper by any means, but we have a lot of you know food storage prepared and things set aside for rainy day stuff. But uh, every now and then, uh, once a quarter or every couple of months, I'll uh, sneak down into the house and one o'clock in the morning, and I'll turn on the fire, uh, the smoke detector, uh, with you know, I pushing the little button, and just see what my kids do because I want to make sure that they're following the plan that we put into place to make sure that they get up and go outside and go to the shed or whatever the plan is right um so we you know we do those kind of quirky things um uh if you drove by the house you'd probably look out the window and you say well these guys are super redneck uh which is fine that's we are um i'm again going back to i'm a fixer right i'm a tinkerer i love to create build design and just kind of uh, slap together some sort of a fix for whatever problem I'm facing. So, for example, you drive by the house, you're going to see a little, like, 28 by, or 30 by 30 foot shop out in, in the back of our house. And outside on the back of the shop, there is a giant 10 foot by 20 foot movie screen that we built on the, on the barn. And we have an outdoor theater out there. It is yeah. the most redneck looking outdoor theater with lawn chairs <laughs> and a metal pole with a projector on it that you could Im- imagine. But, It works just the same as any other movie theater with 9.1 dolby digital surround and all that other stuff so it's functionality wise is the same i really don't care how things look and that really does um kind of help portray my mentality as far as i don't care what people think about me um because i know in my own heart my own mind that i'm more than enough and maybe that goes back to the affirmations there too but that's one of the non-negotiable things. is uh, in in personal life. We don't we spend time together as a family. Family is the most important thing. Uh, we don't degrade anybody. We don't we don't talk down uh, about people or to people. Uh, in business wise, um, same thing. We have a very strict cultural value statement that uh, basically means we, you cannot. Uh, negatively talk about somebody else you can complain all you want but you can't just complain without presenting some sort of a solution Mm. Uh, and i teach my boys that too Uh, if you're going to come to me and you're going to tell me hey this thing's not working or it's broken or it's stupid or i don't want to do this and blah 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 if you're not immediately backing it up with your proposed solution for how you would want it to be you're going to get a lecture and uh, they know that well enough now so um.
0: yeah yeah. Just to back it up a little bit because, you know, I'm the wife and I have a I have a tinkerer husband, uh, yeah. maybe not to your extent, but uh, quite a bit. Um, but do you warn the wife before you're going to set off the alarms first yeah. or do you <laughs> like to test her too?
1: <laughs> it depends on if she remembers me saying it or not because usually <laughs> I'll forget to tell her. But my wife and I have a very unique relationship where I think I told her, but I didn't she'll forget even if i did tell her so i can usually get away with me saying i'm pretty sure i told you and she'll go i must have forgotten then even though there's no way i ever told her so it um, works it so it works just fine yeah it works just fine <laughs> it's just as much as a surprise for her as as it is for the boys and sometimes that's uh intentional other times it's just because i forgot to tell her or um i thought she was awake and she wasn't i don't know but yeah, yeah. um Occasionally, I'll let her in on the, on the little secret, and sometimes not. Sometimes I'll just test her as well.
0: So. Nice. Uh, so, what if you were going to give an entrepreneur one piece of advice when they were going into business? What would that be?
1: One piece of advice would be get more advice, um, yes. get as much advice as you can. <laughs> Don't just settle for one piece of advice.
0: Oh.
1: But, um, gosh. Surround yourself with a support team that will guide you through no matter what circumstances uh, may come and a support team that is comprised of your spouse, if you have one, uh, employees, if you, can, if you need them, right? But most importantly, just somebody that you can have as a sounding board to bounce ideas off of, vent your frustrations to, uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be a business partner in you know, the business itself, but a partner. Somebody that can understand where you're coming from, somebody that can appreciate, have experience of as far as where you've been and where you're wanting to go, um, almost just basically like a coach. Um, yeah. You know, have a coach, somebody on your team that you can have as an accountability partner. Um, but that support team is is going to be what either makes or breaks your business. If you're starting a brand new business and you have no support team, it's not impossible to make it. But is it worthwhile if you get to the end of success and you have no one there to share it with? So that would be my best advice is to, at the very beginning, the very beginning, surround yourself with people who will not only support you today, but throughout the entire journey and be there with you at the end to share in your success.
0: Yeah, I absolutely 100% agree. I'm I'm constantly, you know, talking to clients and saying, who is your running partner in this phase of this business? You have to have a running partner in Mm -hmm. each phase and that doesn't have to be the same person. It can change from time to time. It depends on what's, what's going on, what your circumstances are. But I think that's so, so, so important to have that person that you can really rely on.
1: Think of Michael Jordan, for example, uh, Michael Jordan, when he first got started playing basketball, who was his coach? His coach was his dad, yeah. right? And his dad was never a professional basketball coach, so he didn't he, – he wasn't able to grow with Michael Jordan the whole way, right? Can you imagine if Michael Jordan had never upgraded coaches and Ugh. had never traded out his, his support team, right, to, to get to the next level, the next level? He'd still be shooting free throws in his driveway uh, with his dad on the evenings, you know, because okay. you, you will outgrow – I wouldn't I wouldn't say outgrow, but you will need more experienced more uh, different different types of advice and help um, so be prepared for that but sure um, at the very beginning, you got to get got get used to surrounding yourself with the uh, the people who are there for your skills, the people who are there to help train you and and hone your skills, and then the people who are there for your emotional support as well uh-huh. emotional support can be people that stay with you forever. Um, your business coaches, your, your your other coaches who are to help, you know, in, enhance and, and hone your skills, you know, you'll outgrow them hopefully as quickly as you can. So they move yes. on to the next level and the next level. Um, but yeah.
0: yeah, I totally agree. Uh, how people can reach you, the service center, how can they enroll in your services or talk to someone? What's the best way to make that happen?
1: Um, I would highly recommend talking to either myself or one of our sales team. Um, You can reach out by going to www.servicecenterpro.com or just shoot an email over to customerservice at servicecenterpro.com or info at servicecenterpro.com. You can uh, call us at 1-800-747-8939 and uh, be glad to take your call, book an appointment with uh, myself or one of our team. And uh, I mean, first and foremost, we just need to have a conversation to to see where you're at, what needs you have, if we're able to help with those needs, and if we're a right fit or not. If we are a right fit, great. Uh, we'll see what the next steps are. Right? If, yeah. if we're not a right fit, um, that's fine too. Uh, yeah. Not not everybody's a good fit for us, and we're not a good fit for everybody. So yeah. it's we're we're really only after that. Small, self-employed business owner who's big enough that they're like, okay, I can no longer do this on my own. I can't physically wear all these hats anymore. I'm tired. And maybe you got into business to do one thing because you were really good at plumbing, for example. And your boss was like, you know what? You're so good. You need to go do your own thing. And you're like, I do. I do want to go do my own thing. I want to be my own boss. Mm -hmm. And now that you're there, you're like, this is hard. This is really difficult. You got to run an entire business. If you're at that point that's you're probably at the right point to call
0: yeah Um, absolutely
1: so that's the easiest way to get a hold of us is give us a call shoot us a text email whatever find us on Facebook
0: yeah we'll definitely have all the contact information in the show notes as well so people can get a hold of you there and for my last question because it's my favorite how do you give back
1: oh I give back in a lot of ways Monetarily, I always give 10% of my income to uh, my church. Um, I also give to Rotary Club here in town um, through donations, not just in, mon- in money but also in time. Uh, I try to volunteer at least uh, a couple hours a week, um, giving back to the community here locally, uh, helping with service projects, rake the town, you name it. Um, and I, I get my kids involved too, which one day they'll thank me for, I'm, I'm told. <laughs> Um, it hasn't happened yet, but one day they may thank me for it. So there's that. Uh, but uh, yeah, I love I love helping people. A lot of times, uh, to my uh, fault, to a fault, I I tend to help people for free. And my staff usually says, "Why didn't you charge them? They were willing to pay. They, you know, that's what we do for a living. Obviously, we're supposed to charge them." I'm like, "Yeah, but they needed the help, and I wasn't doing much today, so I just help them." You know, right? Um, so we. Well, however, I can. I always, I always try to look for opportunities to serve, and uh, if I find an opportunity, I, I mean, I, I just, I love feeling that feeling of, I contributed in a way that nobody else could during that moment, right then and there, and right. made an impact in somebody's life. So, um, any any chance I get to to make an impact in somebody's life, whether it's on a regular basis or just one time, and I've never seen them again, it's fine. Um, I take them as they come.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I know in your business, you're definitely giving back a service that so many, so many entrepreneurs are dying to have. So um, there's definitely, you know, even the stuff that where you're making money, you're definitely giving back.
1: Yeah. And we, (laughs) yeah, we, uh, we tend to discount our prices a lot just to help people out. So it's, uh, yeah, don't hesitate to call. Even if you think you can't afford it, we'll probably
0: help you out anyway. Fantastic. Well, it was so great having you on the show today. Thank I really you. loved getting to know you a little bit better and I'm sure we will talk again soon.
1: Absolutely. My pleasure. Thank you very much.
0: All right. Have a great day.
1: You too. Thanks.
0: Thank you so much for tuning in to the My Wim life show today. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a moment of the goodness.